0: Hello and welcome to episode 55 of Entertainment of Excellence, the podcast where we talk about films, TV, all of it. Hi, I'm Molly. I'm Tom. And I'm Ben. And today we're talking about the 2020 film Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. This will contain spoilers.
1: Yeah, that's it, So this film is set, it's basically all in like one building apart from right at the start. And it's about a band, it's Mar Rainey's band, trying to record, it's about like four songs for a record and the gradual rising tensions. Um, So I I think that, I would say like the main person it focuses on is actually Levy, the uh, cornet player. Yeah. Um mm. so it, his kind of who's played by Chadwick Boseman. Um and his kind of deal is that he's tr- wants to push the music further than like what is currently popular. Um and you know he's trying to add like little improvisations and more notes and stuff basically which is where jazz would end up going. Um but he feels that people are putting a damper on him because like, he's younger and also, you know, the managers and stuff are white and he's black, so they're, like, cringe. Um, So that's kind of, like, his main struggle, Uh, whereas Ma Rainey is a lot more about, like, she wants to keep the integrity of the songs because she feels like it's got, like, more of a self in it and, uh, you know, it's more of an expression of herself in the original ways. They did the songs, you know, especially Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, the song specifically, because there's two versions. There's the OG version and the snazzy Levy version. There is. There is. There is. <laughs> I was <laughs> waiting for some input. Yeah, OK. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so I think Levy as a character is interesting because I was like, I, I want to hear his cool horn playing. <laughs> why do they keep stopping him so I kind of identified with him more and then right uh, right at the end he uh, stabs Toledo and I
2: was a bit like oh I so I think unexpected. this is where it kind of this is where it kind of splits me because
1: we'll get on to more overall thoughts later but I think I would have enjoyed the film a lot more or I guess a bit more if I could fully, like, if I felt that at the end him stabbing Toledo was fully justified. Because I didn't really feel. Because I could tell what really helped Chadwick Boseman's performance. You could tell he was getting more agitated and frustrated over the film. And he felt very explosive. But the script didn't really make me feel like he was going to end up stabbing one of the band. I mean, I know he's just been fired and he did step on his shoe.
0: He did. unbelievable, that. Oh, no. It's pretty
1: justified.
0: But it feels like... Yeah, that annoyed me as well, because it felt like... I wasn't expecting him to stab anyone, obviously, but it did feel like if he were to stab someone, it would be one of the, like, white managers, because there was quite a lot of... He had, like... um, I think one of the most powerful moments in the film was, like, his monologue about his parents and about, like how his dad on the outside would kind of submit to them, but he'd sort of be planning to rebel against them. Uh, So I felt like it would have been more, not necessarily satisfying, but it would have been more sort of made sense in the context of the film if he ended up standing one of the white guys rather than him. But apart from that, I did really enjoy it. I just felt like that ending was a bit of an odd choice. But I did... I really like that last scene of like showing that they playing his music, but with yeah his white band, I thought that worked really well. It was just that one and, and it's moment. kind of like
1: really um like robotic, they've got the composer keeping exact time, and everyone's yeah. like yeah. playing everything precisely. I thought that was like an interesting way of showing how if you don't give like where it it was like the art is very personal. Like, to the person that creates it. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. But, yeah, I I just wish they justified the stabbing more with the script.
0: I mean, he did talk earlier about how he liked his shoes. He he did. did He paid
1: $11 for those
0: shoes. Oh, no. So it does kind Um, of make sense.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Apart from a lot, the rest of the script, in terms of, like... The dialogue which I've heard well, the play right the person that wrote the original play, August Wilson, has been praised for this before, but um the dialogue often has uh, he didn't write the screenplay, but it has kind of it's a very like fluid uh like it's it's very fluid dialogue, like it's got a, a very specific rhythm and it's uh almost musical in a way. Like it's it's just easy to listen to, if you know what I mean.
2: Like it's quite
3: Yeah, I could I definitely help. It's about got that.
2: specific beats. <laughs> yeah. Uh I'm trying to think
1: of if I can it's kind of like Birdman has a similar kind of thing. Maybe not with the dialogue specifically, but the whole film is very rhythmic, which is why it has that kind of percussion drum soundtrack. Yeah. But yeah, this does it more with like the dialogue. And um that-
0: in terms of the the characters i definitely felt like um it was kind of like that disparity between ma rainey who um uh she kind of like was forced to comply with a lot of the um the sort of the way that she was expected to perform so i know that she mentioned that they um these managers and people that buy the records they're only really interested in her voice and they're able to sort of exploit her uh which i thought was very interesting given kind of the context and the fact that she's like credited as the mother of blues music which was kind of came out of a lot of the like liberation of african americans and uh but the way that it's kind of used um these race records are used by these white people to kind of exploit her, but at the same time she does sort of subvert that because she's obviously shown to be able to control the actions especially of her manager i think it was because she obviously has this great reputation and a lot of respect for her so um i did like that she was always kind of shown as the powerful one um i really like that dynamic and then with Shadwick Bozeman's character he was more kind of um, optimistic and he believed that uh, as you were mentioning before he kind of wanted to break away from uh, the restraints of Ma Rainey's, uh music she was more kind of stuck in the past whereas he wanted to experiment a lot more and I really like the the idea that um, I, I think uh, the, the door in the downstairs was kind of symbolic of him trying to um i watched this there was this thing on netflix like uh half an hour sort of um behind the scenes thing interviewing a few of the cast members and stuff and
1: i watched kept, it as well yeah yeah <laughs> portrait and, of an artist or whatever
0: yeah and they were talking about how the door was kind of it was like symbolic of the fact that these people were promised this these greater opportunities and kind of this freedom but when they when he actually breaks through the door it's just another wall and so i did like the way that with his character it was um that contrast between his optimism with this reality that uh, is kind of limiting him oh i actually watched a different
1: like 20 minute thing i watched the chadwick the one specifically about chadwick boseman portrait of an artist I didn't ah. actually see there was a Ma Rainey one.
0: I saw um, that one, but I didn't watch it, the Chadwick Boseman one.
1: Uh, well, we've we've covered all the research between us.
0: Very have. <laughs> yeah, so I've watched neither.
1: <laughs> that one was more about kind of Chadwick Boseman's process, so they gave like some of the actors... So it, it kind of was supposed to be more general, but it had quite a fair bit about Ma Rainey because they had his script that had all of his notes in. So you kind of got a look behind the process of what he was thinking for the performances and uh it really Mm -hmm. helped to show about how why acting is important um and kind of how much work outside of the scenes that the actors do like so chadwick Boseman actually learned to play all of his
0: cornet parts yeah mention that in the (laughs) thingy yeah he didn't learn. Because in that, it just suggested that he learned like the fingering, he didn't actually play it. Oh, but... no,
1: in, in this, it said they, they said specifically he didn't just learn the fingering, he also ah, right. learned to play the horn. So apparently, he once played one of those songs and then was like, <laughs> I was like, that was pretty good, wasn't it? Or something. Sort of apparently, he basically started having like Levy's <laughs> uh, attitude about his own playing, but that's kind of yeah, so he, he learned all the songs, uh, and there's also, like, a speech when I think he was given, like, an honorary doctorate at Howard University, which is a famous, like, film school uh, that a lot of, like, African-Americans have been to, so Spike Lee and stuff talk about it as well. Uh, but, yeah. yes, yeah, so that's fairly interesting, Chad, and it. it's, it's not an amazing documentary. You don't go in expecting to actually learn anything about Chadwick Boseman's life, but if you want to... See stuff about like
0: acting and this uh,
1: what it's like for him to be on set. Then, yeah,
0: this is his last performance, right? Because um, I, I believe so. I know there was quite a bit of controversy at the Oscars because they they looked like they were going to set it up for him to win. <laughs> <best> <laughs> yeah, and he, and he best, was already nominated. Like, male actor, but yeah, and I, de- I felt like when it first started, I thought that like he was good, but I I kind of um. Maintained that it was it was more so the dialogue, but then when he started to give like those more emotional performances and especially near the end, I thought it was definitely a stand up performance, yeah, because it helps to ramp up yeah.
2: um, One of the problems I think I have with the film is just basically to do with its
1: restrictions it puts on itself uh about like purely being set in the recording studio, where I did feel myself getting bored a few times and checking the runtime. I don't know if... I know it's only an hour and a half, but because, you know, it's very limited, it all, you know, inside number nine-esque of being set in one location, um, it got
0: a bit dull at
1: points. I yeah, because <laughs> the
0: bits that were set outside, I actually thought like the cinematography and stuff was actually really great in those moments, but because it was concentrated basically in these two rooms, I do agree that it it got like a bit repetitive, but I do think that um, the dialogue and performances kind of uh, prevented it being like really boring or, you know, you just want to move on because... I was always I was always engaged with these characters it just did like drag a bit at times. Yeah. I mean mm. I didn't I think it I was probably a bit much. less engaged. <laughs> Go on Ben.
3: Uh I mean I was going to say I didn't think it dragged too much but then I was always I watched it at 1.5 times speed so <laughs> I'm not exactly the best person <laughs> to consult with that aspect.
1: I think one thing it lacked was it could have done with more music.
0: Yeah, yeah. I
1: because I was kind of expecting more blues songs, like especially when it opened with that blues number, and you're like, oh, great, you know, like, let's get a load of blues. That'd be cool, but there wasn't that much music, and they they'd actually cut away from them doing some of the songs. Um, I, I'm not saying just to put the songs in and have everything else the same. I I could have done with replacing some parts with like. A performance because it seemed to be about you know the personal performances of music and what makes it their own and if you had a bit more of an understanding between the differences of the uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom versions because you don't really get that much apart from the intro yeah. yeah it could have because you could have used that as a moment to really display the differences between the characters of Ma Rainey and Levy because it's because also... you know, it's got a fast, erratic version for Levy, kind of, uh, who's just got loads of energy and really wants to get to the top. And then Ma Rainey is a lot more comfortable with a position and it's kind of more like authoritative in its slowness and stuff like that.
0: I also I agree with the mute, like, it would have been nice to have more music. But I also think that it would have been nice to spend more time uh, kind of with Ma Rainey and Levy together because um, there was obviously that great tension there and they kind of. To me, they like represented two different sides or different approaches to this style of music, but um, you never they weren't actually there in the same room that much apart from when they were playing. Uh, and obviously, one of the um, I guess you could argue that she kind of feared him, uh, well, not like him, but like him trying to challenge these conventions, but also obviously, when he's uh getting a bit cheeky with that girl and um i think that it'd have been nice if uh because you saw a lot of i think it was the same with levy's um uh, like attitude to the these white managers you get a lot of him uh in like the the basement talking with the rest of the band about it but i don't think you really get much of it directly with the characters that he's kind of um Uh, that I guess is like the foil of him. Yeah, I I think they used Toledo as like the stand-in for the older
1: and possibly more wise character, but I don't think it worked as well as when he was in Moraine just because she was a lot more sure of herself.
0: And he never felt like he was really like a villain in any sense. So I, I didn't feel like he deserved to be killed at the end, but I guess he did stand on the shoes. Mm. I don't think you're supposed to think he deserved to be killed yeah I know um, but it's, it's I, a I joke. feel like if he's meant to I know it was also represent, a joke but... <laughs> if he's meant to represent that and it's meant to Levi's meant to be like challenging that then I feel like it'd have been a bit it, it'd have resolved it better if he kind of not necessarily killed but if he'd have had some sort of clash with one of the other characters
2: yeah I so did I think like that... the
0: way it handled kind of the race issues though and the injustice because it never felt like there was that much overt racism uh, in the film itself but obviously there's a lot of reference to it and then um, I guess like instead of focusing on I mean obviously it did have some of the more emotional and kind of negative uh, connotations of it with like his comments on religion and stuff and his parents, but I think also there was a lot of emphasis on kind of a celebration of this music as a way of expressing this culture, sort of.
1: Well, I think that it helped that the racism was more subtle because that it's more realistic because it can actually be a bit damaging to just portray it as, like, only um, people you know, just being overtly racist isn't really the most general type. Yeah. So I I think it helps that it was more subtle. Even if it is just like, you know, getting the white band to do the music
2: instead of Levy and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, The costumes are great as well, because
1: if you look at Viola Davis, she doesn't really look that much like she does in this film, so no, they did a good job. Like when they showed the photo of the at the end of actual Maroney, you could tell that they'd done a really good job with the
0: uh costumes and stuff. And it yeah, makeup... also in that um behind the scenes thing, it showed like the costume designer who had um in that tent scene at the start, she'd gone around to all of the extras and described uh their costumes and like meticulous details and where she'd got everything from and she was obviously trying to keep it like really authentic but um also quite like especially in that tent scene it was quite um uh like expressive and it was kind of um I think that was similar to the the style of music. Mm.
2: Did we ever like find out? We didn't really know how big Marini was. I guess, I guess we didn't need to see that much because they kind of mentioned it. Yeah. You just got the impression
3: she was just really big because you know, it was there was that argument about how expensive the recording session was going to be, and she was like, "Well, I'm gonna, I'm your biggest artist, and it doesn't matter how much." you spend here, it's just, it's going to sell really well and you'll get it
2: back.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because I think that yeah, they were able to kind of show how big she was because she kind of had that ability to almost like boss them around and when she was like demanding that she gets cokes and that, uh, was it a nephew that she wanted to read out? Yeah. At the start, but it obviously was stuttering and like the fact that they didn't question her because she was threatening to walk away and they were so desperate. I think that kind of implied that she was big. But I, I don't think, like, again, in this documentary, they were saying that it was, like, try, quite hard to find much information about her and not many pictures actually existed. So, um, yeah. And obviously, she's credited as being like the um mother of blues, but she was saying in the film itself that, that's not really the case. It still existed before her. She just kind of
2: revolutionised it, I guess. Mm. Viola Davis did a really good job as Ma Rainey as well. So they've got, they managed to cast everyone well.
1: Um, and there's a few other faces that you recognise like here and there, like Irvin. The actor is he plays Craig Kettleman in Better Call Saul. Um, so. Slightly different character in that he's less of a bumbling idiot in this. Um, and also, the actor of Toledo was in the latest season of Fargo. So, pretty, you know, it's a good cast who's done decent stuff uh, before and they all worked really well together. Like, I think all the characters are really well embodied, and you just have more like the standout roles with Viola Davis and Chadwick Boseman. Or Chadwick Boseman specifically, who was very, um, you know, explosive and also very, like, physical with all his movements. Like, he'd move around a lot and, like, you know, when he had his shoes, he was kind of dancing and stuff. So,
2: yeah, yeah, all the performances were really great. They were. Well. Ben, um, do you want to comment on
1: the uh, editing? You can be the hat. editing expert. Yeah. Editing expert.
3: I think the editing was good. Oh, not particularly All right, moving good. on. Great. <laughs> <laughs> you, you didn't notice it, so they did a good job.
1: Yeah, that's good. Better than Bohemian Rhapsody. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> I think that although Ollie, you said the cinematography was a bit stuck when they were in the rooms. I think when they for the monologues, there was they managed to bring out the dramatic nature of all of them with like focusing on the actors' faces and stuff like that. Yeah, so you can fully see the emotion. It feels fairly cinematic. Um, although I was just. Watching on the on a TV, <laughs> as cinematic as that can be.
0: Yeah, because I I did like the scenes that were outside of the um those two rooms because the one where she there's like that whole thing with the police. I mean that's another kind of what you, you don't really see what goes on, but it's meant to. I'm guessing like another form of racism that uh he's kind of like uh. The manager's over able to overcome. Does he pay him or something? I I couldn't really tell, but I think there's definitely meant yeah. to be some some form of like corruption there, which I enjoyed. And then, uh, yeah, like I did like the cinematography in general. I just do feel like at times it was a bit uh, restricted just because of the nature of the setting.
3: Yeah. Mm. I like the RGB. I like the color grading they managed to capture that sort of twenties aesthetic really well,
1: yeah it does look yeah. really good I think that helps with the costumes as well, but yeah, it's less it's less like you know when you see the eighteen hundreds photos but with like colorized it in four k and then it looks really weird, yeah, but um the, this kind of has. The more of like the the vibe,
0: with the colors and stuff. Yeah, I mean, obviously, this is um mostly about music, and uh, you were saying earlier about like the lack of music almost was a bit weird, and I definitely in that scene where uh, Ma Rainey is kind of um, she's talking to Levy about him like not kind of improvising and doing things differently i definitely feel like it would have worked better if you'd have got more of a feel as you mentioned about the two different types of the song because uh i did kind of like those performances there because it it was a bit more subtle the fact that they were they both seemed quite passive aggressive and he was um he kind of accepted that he was a gonna be fired but then it's kind of weird that he would just react like that and uh obviously you get that initial anger when he goes downstairs and bursts through the door but then it just seems a bit unprovoked when he decides to stab um the other guy and i I feel like that was probably my main criticism that that scene just felt a bit out of place
2: Mm. kind of a do you think do you think you would prefer like
1: the play because after I found out it was based on the play it makes a lot of sense with a limited set. Yeah. And I never know whether it would help or not when I hear stuff like that because I think for something like Inspector calls I definitely the play would be better. But this I don't know if I would enjoy it more because it's like an issue with the pacing i have um so maybe i don't know i don't know what it is that i that made me feel like the pacing maybe it's because the tensions didn't always change too much or or maybe i just couldn't properly engage because it felt like more they're going to record but now they can't but but now i'm thinking back there are actually a lot of changing tensions with like adding in you know, starting with Levy wanting to change stuff up, and then adding in Marini's nephew, who has to do the intro but stutters. Then there's like Levy's fling with Marini's daughter, um, and stuff like that. So
0: maybe, yeah, maybe I'm just wrong. Yeah, I I feel like the <laughs> tension was a bit weird as well, but it wasn't necessarily because of um, because I, I feel like. Levy had a lot of character development and uh, although kind of his the motives of the tension remained the same I guess uh, I I feel like it was able to um, it felt like they were changing as it went on because of introducing like different tensions and stuff but uh, I do think they would have worked well as a um, play and I feel like a lot of the dialogue it's very quite a bit of it was kind of seemed quite melodramatic and um you know it but at the same time it did kind of feel quite genuine and genuine and uh like you could imagine people actually talking like this but I would be quite interested to watch a few more of because I know uh August Wilson um I think another one of his plays yeah Fences adap- yeah. adapted to a Film as well, so that
1: yeah, Denzel Washington wants to do all 10 of his. uh, It's like some circuit. Oh, I'm not sure, but I think there's 10 that Denzel Washington says he's going to do because he only produced this, but um, I believe he directed and starred in
2: Fences, yeah, yeah, uh, because we're gonna get a lot uh, more of August Wilson
0: because it was like um cuz i know they mentioned in that documentary thing that uh the one of his greatest talents was taking like ordinary struggles and kind of elevating them to make them uh sort of more dramatic and stuff but i feel like it just went a bit over the top with that ending and it felt like it had to have this big shocking uh conclusion with the stabbing which i don't feel was necessary and i also as far as I'm aware, it didn't actually happen when they recorded this, because obviously uh, if we did this episode, like, as episode 15 or something, we'd uh, be answering the frequently asked questions, is this based on the real story? And yes, it is.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah, it just felt really sudden and forced. It was, I, I didn't, I didn't really like it, to be honest. i I didn't think it would have worked him stabbing anyone. I think it could have. They could have just, like, left it as him being sort of dejected and walking out and then finished with the closing shot of the the white band performing his song. I I think they would have got the message across the same. It was kind of just like they wanted to ram something in at the end. Like, I, I know he was, like, really upset, and... The guy had stood on his shoes, but... <laughs> it just felt out of character, you know? Like... I don't know. And I also... I also, like, afterwards, my first thought was, like, does this link to, like, him talking about his father uh, smiling and being nice to people, and then them murdering them? But, like, um, Toledo wasn't particularly rude to him. He was just... Like had a different viewpoint, and apart from stepping on his shoes, but (laughs)
0: because I feel like his ten, his conflict with his with that character was more of almost a projection of his um kind of frustration with the injustice uh, of like segregation and racial problems in America, because um, obviously there was that whole thing about uh having fun and then also stuff about religion but i never felt like he was necessarily blaming him for uh like being directly involved or being the perpetrator of these issues it was more just that he used him as like a source to let out his rage but uh and i also don't think he was i feel like as you were saying it, it wasn't necessary uh in his character that he'd do that because he wasn't shown to like be irrational or anything it was you kind of sympathised and understood his um, him trying to challenge and subvert a lot of the traditional uh, approaches to this style of music but then that behaviour at the end kind of I guess reduces a lot of that respect for him because he's just doing this thing that uh, you don't really I wouldn't say it's really foreshadowed too much earlier on or at least it might be foreshadowed a bit but as I was saying I never felt like that was a direct conflict with with his character
2: mm. well should we move on to ratings or yeah I mean I can't
3: really think of anything else to say <laughs> We're just great. Uh,
2: Very talkative. Yeah. yeah. Epic. Hmm. What do you think then? Open up the website that
3: hasn't been updated since episode... <laughs> heck knows what. 40.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, we need to put stuff on there because I've got no idea... I need to be able to compare yeah. it to the other oh, things. I was, I was
3: going to do the screen recording of how to edit it today, but then you were like, let's do the podcast! So, we're doing the
2: podcast. Yeah. Hmm. I... Uh, I enjoyed it. It wasn't, like,
3: the best film ever, and it did have some points that really brought it down for me, like the abruptness of that forced ending. But I did enjoy it, so... I think low sevens,
2: maybe. Right, six point nine. Haha. <laughs> uh huh. I think I'm gonna go seven point zero. Um, I'm gonna go.
1: I think seven point two because I think I liked it more than the two popes, but a bit less than in the heat of the night, which puts it at exactly seven point two. Wow.
3: Uh,
0: I'm gonna give it. I'm probably give it a bit higher because I feel like apart from that ending, um, in the moment, I I didn't necessarily enjoy it as much, but after a couple of hours thinking about, it, I think uh, it like it. Pump the rating up a bit, so I'll go with a seven point five.
1: Ooh, that probably puts it about a seven point two. Maths, maybe, maybe seven point two three. I don't know.
2: <laughs> can you do maths? Has anyone done maths?
3: No, but I can do maths.
1: <laughs> Great. Add seven point
3: well two. Add. 7. I know I'm going to beat 5. you.
1: It is 7.2. seven point two three.
3: Yes, I won. You didn't. <laughs> oh, it depends on now like which delay. which side <laughs> it's on. Maybe we did it exactly the same time. Yeah. Besides, the listeners will hear my end, so it doesn't really matter.
2: Oh. <sighs> get wrecked. I've been
0: wrecked. Special guest. That's what you get. <sighs>
3: It is. We have a submission spotlight section, which I'm tired of talking about because no one ever sends stuff in. Send stuff in. Now.
0: No. no. Oh. Sound like you're going to stab someone for stepping on your shoe.
3: I will. <laughs> if you don't, If you don't send a submission right now, it's like you metaphorically well, stood me. on my shoe. Yes, you. Oh. oh. Really. Uh,
0: where shall I submit, Ben?
3: You should go to the entertainmentofexcellence.weebly.com weebly. com website. Use the contact form, or DM us on Instagram or Twitter, both of which are at erv podcast, or I don't know, just randomly like comment on a video or something. We'll find it.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'm okay. in the process of doing that now.
2: Thank you. It's okay. Really appreciate
3: it. <laughs> Tom, you're free to go ahead with the submissions now.
2: Okay, my recommendation.
1: <laughs> recommendation. <laughs> um, oh
2: yeah, my
1: recommendation is a is the Coen brothers' second ever film, um, Raising Arizona. So, it follows, uh, like a criminal who falls in love with and marries a prison officer uh and then everything's going great until they find out that um prison officer ed is infertile and they want a baby so they steal a rich couple one of a rich couple's quintuplets and wackiness and shoes i think bearing in mind this is like the coen brothers first comedy because the, the first film was blood simple which was more like a a noir it's already got like all the staples of a classic coen brothers comedy like that is so tightly written and it's got all the brilliant like ramping uh, absurdity that leads to brilliant moments of coincidence and also that kind of mythic symbolism uh, that they've got, you know, with characters that you can't tell if they're real or what they're supposed to be. Um, so, I mean, it's got Nicolas Cage doing a great performance. in a char- I've never seen him play a character like this. Uh, he's great, and it's just got, I don't know, it's just great. It's just Coen Brothers, it's got weirdness, like swingers with a million kids and, like, the biker from hell, and uh a scene where uh the main character hi is running away from the police and a pack of dogs and a mental uh like gas station employee while trying to desperately keep a hold of
2: a packet of nappies for um the baby he stole it's just it's great great movie nice nice Nice. So watch it now. It's on Disney Plus. Nice. Watch it right now. But I'm doing okay, it. I'm watching it. Spotlight.
0: <laughs> do you have anything, Ben?
3: Oh, who do you think I am? You. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> What's you not have uh, a recommendation now? I do. Sorry, sorry. Oh. Like a... <laughs> I'll click. Quickly before that, I noticed that um the uh the spin been uploaded the, the making of the nine one one call, which is like a, a oh yeah, I video watched that video. yeah <laughs> oh so no, I.
3: I didn't see that.
0: It was pretty good, pretty good okay. insight into the yeah the process behind one of our few submission spotlights. <laughs> um indeed. So I'm gonna be recommending a book, <gasps>
2: uh,
0: um, and it's actually a book of a film that I believe Tom uh, recommended like ages ago. Oh, uh, I've I've seen the film as well. Uh, shall see how long I can stretch this. Yeah, article, same way it is. I need to, I need to know. I'm I'm on edge. Well, we've
1: the
3: got is we've killing still got me. Like Nineteen minutes until I'm supposed to end. So.
0: No, I need to know what it is. Right, I'll I'll talk about it for like ten minutes and I'll tell you what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see if I can work it out. Uh, so it's the first letter begins with a T. Right. Um, well, the first letter <laughs> begins with a T. I mean, The first word. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The the uh. It's got four words. The next three words don't have a T in it. <laughs> have you got it now? <laughs> no,
3: oh, I've got it. Oh,
0: have you? Yeah, Can you yeah, talk yeah. about the plot a bit? Why don't I just tell you what it's called? Sure. Yeah. Well, actually, I I believe that um the film has a slightly different name, uh because the book has the same name but it has a the at the start. Right. So, if you got it, <laughs> no,
3: how have you not got it yet? It's so obvious. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's the children of men. Oh, they, they didn't I
2: have did a recommend in them. that. How did you not get
3: it?
0: It doesn't have a the in, the in the film, you're correct. It doesn't, but it does in the book. And uh, I'd probably say I prefer the book a bit because um, <gasps> the film, I i really did enjoy because uh i think it has some really good cinematography and stuff i think it's by the same director as the person that is roma and the um but and it does a really great job of kind of capturing that dystopian aspect but the the book is well if you don't know what it's about it's basically about like the whole of um well the, the old men have uh like suddenly become infertile so uh, it's like dealing with that. Um, basically, the end of humanity. Uh, but then one woman becomes pregnant. Uh, so the the book split into two halves, and the first part is like was largely like removed from the film. Um, and it's more like uh, kind of um, like a a group that's set up against the government and it's a lot of kind of political stuff my only criticism of that part was be that it kind of repeats the problems with the government like an awful lot and um it get it repeats itself quite a bit about how to sort of overcome these problems but i do think it's a good uh way of dealing because the about well a slightly less than half of the book is kind of told with diary entries of the main character theo uh, but the other the half's just like regular th- third-person narrative, and he's the cousin of like this evil despot uh, Zan. He's called, and um But then the second half is, uh, well, because basically in the first half it kind of I think it has a great job of capturing like that lack of hope, and uh, it kind of combines the general pessimism of society with his own. Struggles and you start to kind of learn more about his own life and that and like his background. But then the second half is it well, it's Tim like the premise is similar to the film, but the actual story itself does vary as well. Um, and I think that I preferred the ending to the book. Uh, so yeah, if you want to compare them, then watch and read Children of Men. That's interesting, Children of Men.
1: Because the film is probably one of one of my favourite films.
2: Nice. So. Groovy. Cool. Yeah. Okay, okay. Right. I, I not I'm trying to think if I've got. Nah. No, I'm alright. You're alright. I've Do got you. a recommendation, actually. Do you? Go
1: ahead. Yeah, it's it's a really good podcast I've been listening to. It's What's called um it's called Entertainment of Excellence.
3: Wow, I haven't heard of that. I, I think
1: I think everyone should like or rate on their podcast platform the podcast and also subscribe.
3: That would be kinda of cool. It
0: would. How yeah. many subscribers do they have?
1: Um not enough. Oh,
0: that's a shame. They're a bit
1: they're a bit underrated
2: T B H. Well they must
0: be, I've never heard of
2: them. Well, uh, go subscribe. What are we going to do next week?
3: To randomly pick uh, another we've... one from the list.
2: Are we not going to do
1: a, a sequel to one of our episodes?
0: I mean, we can if we can remember it when we record.
2: Ooh. Until when we record it. I think we should. From that. a whole week later. No. <laughs> <laughs> I th- I think so. Let Let's do a quiet place part two next. Yeah. Sounds good. Let's do it. Yeah. Right. Well, subscribe to us, please.
3: Send in submissions. <laughs> right. See ya. Right. See.
1: Ya. Right. See ya.